0: and so um, as far as the experience of me going into the Peace Corps, it was because I was focused on I will be, I will be, but I had no I am and it was crushing me because I knew that was wrong, mm. but, it, but I didn't know why. And that's the thing with you know the idea of purpose and finding your passion is a big thing. It's trendy now. Um, I, I believe in following your curiosity. I think telling people to always find their purpose can be problematic if you don't already know what it is. You know, it can feel like someone torturing you. Go find your purpose. I would if I could, you know, but we're always curious about something. And if you figure out your curiosity or follow that, that's your I am.
1: Follow your curiosity. Today, I'm talking to my best friend in the entire world, Jamia Drummond Bay. And obviously, I love her, but you all are going to love her. We talk about her concept of following your curiosity. She inspired me so much that I wrote a whole poem about it, Uh, and I'll put that in the show notes, but I particularly love Jamiya because of her mission. She describes herself as the evolved teacher, and what she's doing is literally going around the world to different continents, different countries, to redesign curriculums to get kids to aspire to be more than this provincial life it's so important she inspires kids to tap into what societies have defined for them and we dive into her journey how she decided that she needed to make that shift and become a change agent and then we close with her speaking career and how she advises all of you to be better speakers she's spoken at tedx three times and at ted once so she's amazing and i love her to death I know you will too. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today I am with one of my best friends. It's Jamia Drummond Bay, and she is a TED speaker, a global curriculum designer, a three time global teacher prize nominee, and the number one member of the Beehive. She is a Beyonce stan, and then, no, 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 no. I, I'm super, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to to have her on the show because um, we actually met in uh, the most third culture kid way, where we connected online through mutual friends, and we hadn't met each other until this year, but we had a lot of common. Um, and we always used to exchange messages um on, on online, and I got to know her pretty well, and her mission. I believe, is is is, uh, is one that we need to um, aspire to today. And we're going to be talking about her story, how she got there, and why education is the key to unlocking every single one of our potentials in the future. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited. Oh, this is <laughs> going to be great.
1: <laughs> this is going to be fun. So uh, help help us out, help the audience out, understand who you are. So you, you're originally from where? And then um, where did you go to school and what was the turning point for you?
0: So, I'm originally from North Carolina, and I went to university at the best school that produces um, NBA yeah. athletes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the University of North Carolina, Tar Heels. And uh, I went there to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was in the fourth grade. I wanted to help people. I wanted to be of service and of value in the world like most of us do, all of us do. And I went there to do just that until I reached my senior year and it was time to prepare to go to medical school. And I just remember this moment when I was in a chemistry lab And we had to figure out some type of substance, and it took me hours to figure it out. And I remember looking out of the window, and there were other majors, I don't know, sociology majors, we were near the sociology department, and they were just tossing Frisbees, and they seemed to have so much fun. And I remember that moment thinking, I am about to spend eight more years of my life doing something like this. But I really want to spend to feel of value now? Why do I have to prepare to feel of value? Why, why am I still preparing to try to maybe do something later? And so I joined the Peace Corps.
1: Wow.
0: And yeah, <laughs> and I joined the Peace Corps thinking that I would go there as a global health volunteer, that's what I was, assisting doctors and learning about global health education. And I thought, if I go there, then I could figure out how I can be a doctor who serves the world uh, immediately. And I can get an experience that kind of allows me to put some value in my back pocket for the next eight years while I'm in medical school. Which is horrible. Think about that. Holding up <laughs> like value for later? That's crazy. That is Why? insane.
1: That is insane.
0: But yeah. <laughs> I... so many of us do. We do that, you know. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. So even – I'm going to – Put a pause here because I, I want to yeah. touch on something that's so important in what you said. You said you were asking yourself, you got really introspective and wondered why you couldn't start your dream now, right? Yeah. And I think that's a very scary point for some people. Some people do get to the point where they convince themselves that I'm going to do this when I get here, when I get here. And you're like, why do not I do this now? What do you think activated your your sense of, of urgency uh, to, to actually start now? Because I mean, it's a very scary and ambitious goal that you have, but it's also a- admirable where you felt like you were already a vessel that could just make an impact and you felt you were already someone that needed to be an agent of change. What do you think activated that?
0: Well, at that moment, I didn't know that I would be an agent of change. I just knew that I wanted to try and It's something that we all feel in school. To me, it's one of the biggest issues with education, Mm. Uh, even for kids, is that we prepare you to prepare yourself to maybe possibly do something great later on in life. Yeah. Why? You know? So maybe if you study, maybe you can be a doctor one day. But what about today and tomorrow and the next 12 years? You know, we're going to school (laughs) Maybe for something, you know, maybe for success. And that's crazy. And that's what we do. Uh, And part of my mission now is to make sure that I help people to design experiences where kids can directly apply their learning to their value. So if I'm reading something, I'm reading it because I am a writer now. I am writing my own books now. I am. I am. I am. I am not. I will be. And so, um, as far as the experience of me going into the Peace Corps, it was because I was focused on "I will be." I will be. But I had no "I am," and it was crushing me because I knew that was wrong. Mm. But it, but I didn't know why. And that's the thing with. You know, the idea of purpose and finding your passion is a big thing. It's trendy now. Um, I I believe in following your curiosity. I think telling people to always find their purpose can be problematic if you don't already know what it is. You know, it can feel like someone torturing you. Go find your purpose. Ah, I would if I could, you know, but we're always curious about something. And if you figure out your curiosity or follow that, that's your I am. I am curious about this. Wow, that's value. And so for me, I was curious about what it would be like to impact the world right then, at that moment. And I just followed that curiosity. I had no how, (laughs) I had no true what or no true where. But I had curiosity, and that—if you have that—I am curious about next to your name, no matter what. If you follow that, wow, it takes you to amazing places.
1: Wow, I, I love that so much, uh, G. I call it G. So sorry, I have to remember Jamia for everyone <laughs> listening. <laughs> but um, follow your curiosity. That, yeah, that—that that just changed changes like my whole worldview with that because I've always been curious, and even for moments of me before I figured out what my passion was, it was. It was always into I was always trying to answer a question. You know I had a question, why is it this way? Why is it this way? And then I put myself in a position to either investigate or to understand the problem. And that's something that many kids have at at a very young age. It's unbridled. And then yes. as you as you grow older, it sort of gets stifled because people tell you this is not your reality. It's not uh-huh. possible. And that in I'm sure you'll agree it's it's It plays into how we design curriculums, which is what you do. You you go around redesigning curriculums because you want to activate um, this curiosity in people. Um, I guess I'm curious, with your work, what type of resistance you've met as you've tried to disrupt the system?
0: Wow. Well, um, now, not as much as before, because when you follow your curiosity, you make a name for yourself, you feel forward, so that's beautiful. But in the beginning... It was, well, it's always been this way, or how do we know this will work? You know, there's a lot of fear when you want to change something that's been the same for 100 years all around the world. And what I've always done and what I still do is I show you, and then we talk about it later. So, as you know, being my bestie, I break (laughs) rules first, and then I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't okay." (laughs) (laughs) Well, wasn't this great anyway?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) So, so, but but that's you know that's that's what I love about you though is that um, because you and I we've had many disagreements, right? We've had several disagreements (laughs) about several things, and. We see the world in many ways, similar ways, but we also have slightly different approaches. But with what you've done, um, in countries you've gone to uh, that, that have, that have said, Hey, it's illegal to do this. You have a bravery that I admire where you just, you, you go into one way, into one environment and you know, it's traditionally not accepted. And you say, Hey, I'm just going to do this anyway. I'll break the rules and then I'll just ask for permission later that. <laughs> that, that, that would cause many people to break into hives. But if you apply that to the education system, which, you know, whether it's in America, whether it's in, in you know, North, North America, South America, Africa, Europe, I is it the same everywhere? Because I find that I grew up in Nigeria, Sweden, Vietnam, Burkina Faso, and I was I had the British system, I had an Nigerian system, and I had some parts of American education. A lot of what happened in the British system was you had to almost already know your career, when you were 17, because you, that's, that was how you went to school. I'm going to school for this. In America, there was more of the, you know, uh, you can sort of figure out your major in your junior or sophomore year. Um, and in, in Nigeria, there are the staples, you know, engineer, doctor, lawyer, uh, you know, those type of things. And, um, I just wonder how you would be able to get into those systems that is so traditional. I, I'm just curious how, what would be the approach? Because that's a systematic approach that parents are even, priming the kids for so how do you attack that
0: yeah so everywhere it's it's a strong system (laughs) especially in education you know but results are addictive Mm. and when you can show people results they want it they they don't want uh the their neighbors to have kids who have uh the possibility of a brighter future than their kids you know, and so what I would do is and what I still do is I go in and I say, OK, I see this is this is what you want. So let me tell you or let me ask you about your your dream goal in education. And usually people are like, oh, well, we know this will never happen. And then they tell me and I'll show them videos now. Well, this is these are my four year olds in South Korea writing writing essays about uh, Socrates and their second languages and they're like, what, you know, we want that. Now in the beginning in South Korea, when I started, that was difficult. And so what I actually did was I taught what I was supposed to teach, but I also taught other things along the way. So I would watch my students and when they were bored, I would say, okay, uh, would you like me to teach you about philosophy and phonics? And they're like, uh... and then I'm really excited. So kids feed off of the excitement of their educators. And so what happened was my students learned faster than all of the other kids in the school. And so there was a meeting and the, the directors were going to fire the other teachers. Because their scores weren't up to par. Wow. And so I confess, hey, actually, I've been putting in my own curriculum. Let me show you what I've been doing. And from there, you know, it's addictive. Oh my goodness, how can we all have some of this? Yeah. What can we do? You know, And if you think about it, this is this is in sports, you know, when you want to try something new, when you want when you want to do a new move, you do it, oh man, you won the game now. Now that move was named after you. Right. Now other people are trying it too, but it does take a risk factor, but when you see impact that you have, the risk is worth it.
1: I agree. Wow, that is so amazing to hear because um <laughs> I it, it, it to your point when you're able to activate uh someone's level of contribution, someone's awareness that they can contribute to uh, to making a positive impact as a kid and as a youth, that in itself, in and of itself, is just motivated. Because uh, one of the things that I do whenever I mentor is I find that a lot of kids that are younger right now are not as motivated, especially when they come from um, underrepresented uh, demographics or you know areas where they they have single moms and they live they have right. low income areas. They don't feel like they're valued. And it sounds like what you're saying to me is that you not only show people, kids, especially their value, but you just take it a step further and show how what they're doing and who they are is actually an addition in a positive way to the world. And, and, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's not only the kids. It's the mindset. And this is something that I truly uh, believe. And I experienced this during my brief, brief um trip to the U.S. is that it isn't really the system or the curriculum that's broken. I've traveled all over the world and studied so many different systems. And regardless of what you teach, if you have a mindset that's focused on growth, then that changes everything and to me it's the growth the mindset of education that's broken yeah. it's the way that we talk to each other you know we talk to kids and we give them a big hug and we say you're so smart you're brilliant then they channel that as meaning oh this hug is because you feel i'm smart and amazing and brilliant today so the moment i do something then i am not worthy of this love and affection so those words that we say during our praise, during our moments of, of leading and coaching and mentoring and educating, that, that seed of education is what changes it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wow. There's, there's one experience I want to talk about um, recently, and it has something to do with the risk, risk factor, and I think it's... Um, can be relatable, especially to educators in the States. So I recently led an experience for about 60 teens from 40 different countries for 30 days. And we had one student who came in and on the first day, he stands up in front of everyone. He's standing next to me and he says, um, and he's just face, eyes completely red, filled with rage. And he says, you know, I was expelled from school for two months because I attempted a school shooting. And so all eyes are on me because they're, they're gauging the way that I'm going to react to see how they're going to react. And I looked at him, you know, and I said, okay, continue your IMs. Tell us who you are. You know, and he's looking like what you aren't going to reject me. Right? Because the mindset of education says that if, you got a poor score yesterday. If you're a failing student, right? We say that these are failing students. These are exhaling students. Then you're, you have that label. So he's looking at me like, you aren't going to label me. You know, I am a troublemaker, you know. And so the next day I had a meeting with him and his mom. And then separately I had a meeting with the kids. And I said, you know, I want to, I want to know how you feel because we make our decisions together. This is our sacred space and I want to let you know that I believe in a try factor. I am willing to try to see, to truly see who this student is and who this student wants to be. But I can't and I won't do that by myself or without each and every one of you deciding. And this is completely your choice if you want to do this or not. And we'll vote on it. And no one has to feel bad about it. This is truly your decision. And every single student not only raised their hand, but also commented, saying, you know, I want to try. I want to give this person a chance. If we don't, what is the rest of the world gonna do? Mm. What is he gonna learn about who he is? And I am now holding my tears back during that experience because of how beautiful these kids, the next generation is, you know? And what that mindset can do when we talk to them this way. This is one student who completely written off education, other students, You know, he told me um, before that first day, he said, you know, I'm filled with rage and you should be careful of what I do with my rage, you know. And I said to him, well, lucky for you, I'm not afraid of rage, you know. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And just seeing this student by the end of the program, he was and still is, one of the happiest, most connected students. He went from sitting in the far corner of the room, never wanting to really come in, to being the main one in the middle, doing flips on our beanbag chairs. And when I saw that, I thought, you know, regardless if we're teaching math or history or whatever, the shift in his mindset, and also the shift in the mindset of the students, that every single day, and this is something that you know, we told each other, every single day you get a new day to start, you get a new experience. Whoever you were yesterday, that was yesterday, you know? And just seeing that, that to me is the future of education and what education needs. And I'm willing to risk, (laughs) risk that over and over and over, no matter where I am, because, you know, seeing that impact shifted me and changed my life again, even Mm. recently.
1: Now you see why I love her so much. This is, a, that was an amazing story. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's quite the transformation. And, um, you know, they always say, you know, I, I know you love Will Smith. I love Will Smith. I'm a huge Will Smith yeah. fan. Yeah. And he says, you know, the most beautiful things are on the other side of fear. But then people also always say that, um, growth exists outside of your comfort zone. And you, mm-hmm. you just putting yourself in those positions. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's a testament to, to why you're so successful and why you describe yourself as the evolved teacher. But, um, I, what I get from your story is that you really inspire people to be, to want to be do and have more. Uh, I think, um, as humans, many of, many of us, whether it's culturally primed or our brains are naturally protective, we just want to be safe. And the idea yeah. that there's more. Right. To, to quote, uh, the bell and beauty and beast, there's more than this provincial life, right? There's, yes. there is more. Um, that is, is, is a level of curiosity that we need to follow to your earlier point. You have to follow that curiosity if you truly want to grow. Um, that's what led you to become a celeb. By the way, she's a celebrity teacher in South Korea. So, <laughs> you know, that story that she was telling that she, she, c- Taught a class so much so that they wanted to find the teachers. She was underselling the fact that in South Korea, <laughs> she's a legit celebrity. But, you know, that's besides the point. Um, um, so I love that. And thank you for sharing that story. Another aspect that I've noticed from you uh, uh, is travel, right? You you you're, you are globetrotten to different parts of the world. And you're not only creating financial freedom for yourself, but you're um, creating education freedom. I want to first tackle the travel part. That is very scary for many people. And you do it alone many, many times. And, yeah. um, and wh- why do you feel like you have to travel to different parts of the world? And what is the most exciting thing about uh, going to different countries and, and, and continents uh, and uh, impacting education? You know, what's the process like? You know, why is that exciting?
0: I remember this time when I was teaching, uh, this was in South Korea, and I was teaching my kindergarten students um, from some kind of reading book. And we were talking about Egypt. And I remember telling them, oh, I've been there. I was jumping around these pyramids. And the moment I grabbed my cell phone and I showed them a picture, and just the way that their eyes lit up and the way that I could give them more to the story. I could tell them about the food and the people, and just that ability to really give more really fuels me. It's it's part of being an educator. It's part of being a leader. I feel like I am this this vessel or this, let's say, this cup. And the more that I put into my cup, the more things I could give you and other people. So it's, it's bigger than me. So if I travel, if I read more books, if I learn coding, if I learn more languages, I have more in my cup. Now I can share information about coding and languages and travel. And to me, it's, it's the beauty of this world and the energies that we are. It's that Whatever you do, whenever you follow your curiosity, whenever you learn something new, whenever you see something new, whenever you love and you feel love, you emit that. You share that with other people. And that's part of the beauty of going for it. You don't just go for it for you. You go for it for all of us.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. And um, in today's world where it's already globalized and, and, you know, music and sports connect us even more than and than they used to before you experiencing what it's like to actually give a first hand experience adds so much layer to to what you do but it also actually stimulates their curiosity you, i think you right. believe that a lot of uh children are understimulated but in addition to understimulating you're helping them see different perspectives you're helping them with the perspective taken ultimately helping them with empathy which is a lifelong trait that we need in today's world because it impacts leaders and how inclusive you ultimately end up being. So it's 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 uh, it's always interesting talking to you because you actually live what you say. One of the criticisms that people have sometimes: I got an MBA with an MBA, or any you know, whenever a professor comes in there, they will be like, "Oh, well, you're all theory; you don't really apply." I feel like mm. you your theory and your application at the same time and 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 that's that's yeah no you're welcome but that's very rare to see in teachers that that's the whole point <laughs> of what i'm saying because a lot of teachers sometimes have the stereotype fair unfair of going to school to, to learn how to teach but then like but you haven't really done it so mm. but you've done it and that's a new way of teaching yeah. or maybe not a new way of teaching but a, you're doing you're promoting it in such a way where you're showing people that it's possible
0: yeah it's it is teaching. It is education. You know, I battle with this um, oftentimes when I'm traveling. People, and I introduce myself, I say, you know, I'm a curriculum designer and a teacher. And people say, but you aren't. You're more than that. Hmm. And it drives me crazy that more than that, because I say, but isn't this that? Isn't wow. this what it is? You know, and I, I want this to be what it is. And so I'm going to say that. And for you, this will become what teaching is. This is what a teacher means. This is what being an educator means. Um, and one thing that happens is sometimes when we give ourselves these extra special labels or titles, we take other people off the hook. you know? yeah, so i am I am not a more of a grand educator. I am an educator. and so other educators looking at me, I am a mirror. For you, so you don't get to call me amazing or special and say, "Oh, she's she's no." Nope. <laughs> we're in the same field, you know. We're in the same cup. We're in this. We're on the same team. And so, by doing that, that's my way of holding the hands of other educators. You know, fill your cups. You do, and, yeah. you, and when you do, you feel so good. You know, when you you and when you feel good, I think you you do you do more. Because yeah. you, you feel better
1: about it. A reminder that we're much more, um, and 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 that's and that's you know that's that's just something that we need to get uh, into our heads. Because I think you know what it's Martin Williamson saying our deepest fear is that we're greater than you know than we even think we are. And paraphrasing, yes. I'm totally paraphrasing. But I, but the whole point of I I know, I always love reading that to myself, especially um, when I feel like I'm, I'm you know I'm going through a rough time or anything. I just have to remember that. Look, it's, it's in there. It's you. We can do so much more. Look at all these other people in history, the Obamas, the Einsteins, uh, the, the, you know, the Marie Curries, the Jermia, German Beis, Yeah, uh, all these amazing people who have done um, incredible things. Um, it all started with a belief and a belief system, which is even more important, where, um, and that they cultivated. And then uh, that led to, to ultimate um, unlocking of unlimited potential.
0: Yeah, and an idea, you know, I, I've talked to you about this and it's one of my favorite things and I think everyone needs it. <laughs> and it's Elizabeth Gilbert's idea or view of what ideas are. And for me, this view really helps me to push beyond fear. And the way that she discusses it is that ideas are existing in the world like souls, you know, and when you have an idea, it's because it chose you because you are who you are, because you are already ready, because you are already enough. And so that idea said, oh, Tayo, yes, he's the one. And the idea goes to you and you're like, aha. Yeah, and then, yeah. But then that's when, you know, the self-talk comes in. Oh, but I need to study more. Oh, but I'm not ready. Oh, and the idea is like, no, but you are ready. That's why I chose you. Come on, please, just, just follow your curiosity. Aren't you curious about this? Can you just take one step and then I promise another step will come, but just choose your one step. And so that's it. It's You don't have to start with amazing. And a lot of people feel like you just start with amazing, but you don't. You start not knowing what you're going to do, but you have one idea, one bit of curiosity and then you just unleash it. You just yeah. follow it, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it all. Just yeah. that, one, that one inkling, that one thought.
1: <laughs> that one inkling. It all starts with a thought. And, and then um, you yeah. think, you do, and then you become. Um, yes.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, well, yeah, well, getting ready to wrap up with you. But I have so much to talk to you about. There's something else I want to talk to you about is your speaking career. Finding your voice. Uh, something you also do is help people with that. But you... Or you've done was it three TEDx and one TED yes so so you're dealing with a professional beyond professional here so three TEDx and one TED how did you find your voice uh, I also coach people on speaking but one of the the number one question I get is I don't know how you do it Tyle. I can't stand in front of two people let alone 10 people so how did you initially get over that if you you know if you had that fear and how do you then go on to learn how to tell stories on stage
0: Okay, so two things. So the first question, um, getting over fear of speaking. So I am always nervous when I speak. (laughs) I am not uh, a professional speaker by career. So there are some people who they are professional speakers by career. That's what they do. I am a professional speaker by need. And I say that because I only go on stage when I really feel like I have something to say and I really feel like something needs to be said. And every time I've gone on stage, it's been something that I felt was bigger than me. You know, people need to hear this. I am standing here, you know, I stand as 10,000, you know, and that's what pushes me through it. Um, It's that motivation of just knowing that I'm on stage for a purpose. So as far as stories, uh, a lot of people feel like they don't have stories to tell. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a message. And I would say whenever you're writing a talk or figuring out what your talk is, if you follow the story, follow stories. And that will also help you with stage fright. Um, because you know your stories yeah. so whatever your theme is one thing that I'll do is if I have an overarching theme and I go through if I'm gonna teach you a how or a why talks are typically how talks or why talks right so if I'm gonna give you three um, reasons why or three ways to do something that's a how talk for each thing that I'm teaching you there's a story and I remember that story because it's an emotional connection and also that emotional connection connects to that heart space of the listeners, right? right? And that's yeah. what we do. Um, and so one more tip that I like to tell people when you're giving a talk is you want to begin and end in the heart space, right? And that's part of being a transformational speaker. And that's also part of being connected to your message. So I begin in my heart space. And then I want to give you, you know, the what's in it for me. So then I take you to the mind space. You know, that's when I'm teaching you something. That's where I'm giving you, this is what you're here for. But then I'm going to tell you a story and we're both going to walk out in our heart spaces again, right? So heart, mind, heart. And I usually follow that and it, it helps with my rhythm. And it also helps as a reminder for me, whenever that ne- negative self-talk comes in, no, these stories matter, these stories are why i'm there um so i hope that answers no, <laughs> your question
1: no i mean i you know, i can agree i wholeheartedly with that and it's the same sort of thing it's the, the number one thing that i always tell people is, is what you said it's you have to understand the, the the meaning of what it is you're doing it to me it's bigger anything that i do on stage like you said is bigger it's bigger than me it's bigger than all of us it's, it's it's a necessity and i no one ever believes me but yeah i, I was very very shy many times growing up and there are many moments I've been on stage where I've been um, in, incredibly nervous. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen as much anymore. But sometimes uh, where people don't think I'm nervous, I am. But I go back to your favorite uh, celebrity of all time, Beyonce. She, <laughs> she 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 even she talks about how she gets nervous frequently. And if right. someone as big as her can get nervous and still go on stage, it's 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 something that we just have to own. Like, hey, you're going to be nervous, but this is what's informing you. Because they say the same emotions that trigger your nerves are the same emotions that trigger excitement. It's how you channel that, and and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, well, yeah, you know, I'm excited, and I so I just have that self talk like I am excited to deliver this message because I know what the power of this message is, and if if one person can even grasp this concept, it's going to be great because that person is going to do X and X. And I, you know, I just have those type of things in my head, and then I'm, I go. But the story. Uh, and then I, with the talk, is always I always say you always have to you have to have the so what and the now what like obviously mm-hmm. the why 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 the talk and then now what what can they do I I think mm-hmm. that that part is is often left out in many speeches where you know you explain the problem but you don't give them you know the 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 the, the tools to 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 uh, empower themselves so
0: yeah the direct um, application I think not only in speaking but in every type of content that you share, whether it's spoken, written, whether it's a course, whether you're teaching in a classroom, you always wanna provide direct application. What can they do immediately after the talk or even during it? And I agree, that's where the missing holes are in most, most deliveries is people stop with understanding. Okay, now you know, now you understand, well, that's selfish, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, nah, that's definitely the key.
1: No, you, you are the key. You're the key. You're <laughs> the key. DJ Khaled, it's not, you know, it's not DJ Khaled. It's you. So you got, you got the major key. And, um, wow, I, I just want to thank you so much for coming to the show. But before I get, I give the audience a chance to connect with you, can you just, I want to just open the floor to you and just, Talk about what you see in the world right now in terms of problems and what you see of the world in, uh, right now in terms of solutions. So you think, think, imagine that you're talking to 20,000 people on stage and these are all kids from 15 going back down to five years old. And they're looking to you for hope. What are you going to tell them?
0: I'm going to tell them that the goal is to grow every day if you focus on growing every single day that is your world will continue to unfold and it's not following perfection it's not following success it's not the the destination but it's the journey of growth and every every single day if you say what did i learn you'll never feel like you've ever failed in life and if i could teach 20,000 kids to never feel like they've ever failed, but to always feel like they've learned something every single day, I can leave completely happy and fulfilled.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. And the crowd goes, ah,
0: <laughs> standing ovation. All right. <laughs> <laughs> where
1: can, where can people find you G?
0: I am a evolved teacher on Instagram. Jamia teacher on, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, okay. and uh, Evolve Teacher website. So, yeah, I, I love chatting with people, so send me messages. But if you send me messages, let me know how you're following your curiosity. Yes. I, I, I believe that um, action and execution is the language of success. So even if you just wrote something down that's being active, And so I love to speak the language of success. So tell me how you're being active and how you're trying.
1: All right. I love it. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Um, The last question I normally ask is my mission statement. Use your difference to make a difference. So G, how do you use your difference to make a difference?
0: I use my difference to make a difference by traveling around the world, empowering educators and students to be the best that they can be and to continue to learn and grow.
1: Bam. Almost sounds like she knows what she does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This has been fun. This has been a long time coming. It's always uh, uh, I was always, always fun to catch up with you, but I, I feel like um, what you did today really was really just about reminding people of, of the power that they have today. And I, I think reminding people of something that simple is so inspiring. Uh, because sometimes we, like you said, we create the spaces and we think that we're not where we need to be so we can't do anything. And that's not true at all.
0: Well, that makes me happy. Because yeah. <laughs> It's so important. And we all, like every level, you get stuck. Every level, there's a new you know block and so um yeah even talking about it was a good reminder for me like okay let me revisit what's my big hairy audacious goal now um yeah. yeah and am i am i risking am i taking a risk are you taking risks tayo
1: I'm taking risks. Yes. Yes. Ah! <laughs> Maybe not risks enough for you. <laughs> no, no. It's, not about, it's not
0: about me. Uh-huh. That's great.
1: Uh huh. Yes. So yes, I'm taking risks, but, <laughs> um, no, I, I try, I definitely try to take risks. Um, every day I do, my career is a risk. So, um, uh, but thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I really, really, uh, love talking to you all the time. And, um, I am confident that this is gonna um, activate so many so many more change agents in the world. So thank
0: you for that. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. This was the most fun. So I'm excited about that.
1: You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference. Head over to ww.tyoroxon.com.